welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. We want to open up our Bibles to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 11. Now this past week, or last weekend, I'm sure you saw in the news, there was a terrorist attack on Israel, and uh the reason I'm preaching on this, this is a, a one-time sermon. I was actually going to start a sermon series on the family this morning. But because when you turn on your TV and you read the news, and if many of you have asked, a lot of the things that are being discussed on TV actually go back to the Bible. And a lot of biblical words are being used and biblical references because all of this, in many ways, what we see in uh, witnessing on television actually goes back to the book of Genesis. And we need to see in our Bibles uh, what, what, what God did when He chose Abraham and what that means for us today and uh, what the role of Israel and uh, what um, really the future, even the end times. And what happened was, as you know, and you all know this, a, a week ago there was a terrorist attack on Israel. And, and it's a group called Hamas, which is a, a terrorist group, that is controlling Palestinians. Well, that word Palestinians, that actually goes all the way back to the people here in the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis chapter 11. Now, when we see that they're called actually Canaanites and Philistines, those are words that are, that are used in the book of, uh, book of Genesis. But the word uh, Palestinians, they used that word about 200 years ago, called it the land of Palestine. They did that on purpose to agitate uh, the, the Jews because they want to reference the Philistines back all the way back to the book of Genesis. So that word Palestine actually harkens back to the word Philistines, which has been the nemesis of Israel all the way to the uh, beginning of our Bibles we see here. So that's when we, when we talk about these words, Israelites and Palestinians, we're talking about two uh, very ancient uh, people groups. In fact, they go all the way back to Noah's three sons. Even when we hear the word used anti-Semitic, that word Semitic actually is a reference to the descendants of Shem. Uh, Shem was one of Noah's three sons. People of Jewish descendant come from Shem. So when you're saying, when you hear someone saying he's anti-Semitic, that means they don't like the descendants of Shem, which would be the Jews. Now, people who would be from uh, Palestine, they would claim their descendants would be back to the Philistines. Also, that would be the Canaanites. Those were the people groups we're going to see here that lived in the land of Canaan before the uh, before God gave him that land to Abraham, he chose Abraham for the actually a redemptive purpose was why he chose Abraham. We're going to show you that in the Bible. But those folks came from people called Ham. Ham was another son. Noah had three sons. These were the three sons that were on the boat up in Williams, uh, Williamstown, right up the road from here. So these three boys and their wives got off the boat. You had Shem, Ham. And Japheth. Japheth, those would be, if you were maybe Caucasian here this morning, you would be a descendant from Japheth. So that's where all these people grew. So Jews would be from uh, Shem, that's what it means, anti Semitic. 
people of Palestine, uh, people who are maybe of an Arab descent, that would be folks that would come from Ham. And then those of uh, Anglo descent, uh, Caucasian folks, they would be from Japheth. Those are the three sons of Noah that all peoples on earth come from. And it goes back to what we're about to see, the call to Abraham. So the land of Israel today, back before Abraham was called and chosen to go there, there were people groups living in that land. And those people were called the Canaanites and the Philistines. They, these are nomadic peoples. And they did not worship the Lord. So what we're going to see here in our Bibles is how God has chosen this man named Abram. Abram came, was originally born in, a, in southern Iraq called Ur of the Chaldeans. It was actually south of the land of Babylon. And his father was named Terah. And what happened was they followed the Euphrates River. The way you traveled, if you were going to go from Iraq to, if you were going to go to Israel back in four or five thousand years ago, you would follow the river because otherwise you're walking through a massive Jordanian desert and you would die. So the way to travel is not the shortest way. You have to follow up the Euphrates River so you can have water and then you would come down the Jordan River and come into the, the promised land. That's how you would do it. So what happened was God led... Terah, this is Abraham's father, to travel north to a land or an area called Haran, which is in southern Turkey today. So they left Iraq. Terah, this is Abram's dad, and he traveled up and he stopped in Haran. And it was in Haran that God chose, decided to call Abraham. said, Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation and you're going to go down into Canaan into the promised land. And what the, the, the story behind this is actually God's redemptive plan. Say, what are you talking about, Pastor, when you say God's redemptive plan? God's original plan was to save all of mankind through His Son, Jesus Christ. Well, in order to send His Son into the world, He needed a people. So He chose. It wasn't that Abram was just a great guy living in the desert, God chose this man named Abram and his wife Sarai. And then he renamed them. Abram and Sarai were their names. And God is choosing this couple. And he says, and she wasn't, she was, they, this is an older couple. They had no children. And God chose them and says, I'm going to make you, Abraham, into a great nation. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And that blessing is actually fulfilled through Jesus Christ. So that's, understand, it wasn't, it wasn't that the Jews were this people group. God created the Jews and the Hebrews and the Israelites because they came. Abraham, he was a Semitic man living in the middle of the desert of Ur of the Chaldeans with his dad and his wife. These were, they raised livestock. They're just, they're, they're herded animals they they were shepherds and God chose this man saying you're going to be the one I'm going to start the 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 seed of my son ultimately Jesus Abraham is going to come through you and you say okay that that's the man he chose Abraham just like in your in your life 
I believe God chooses everything for you. We don't always recognize it, but God chooses where you're going to live. God chooses your spouse. God chooses your children. None of this is by accident. When, when big events occur in our life, God is certainly working. We are His people. God chose Abraham with a purpose. God desires people to get saved. He's choosing Abraham ultimately for Jesus to come through so He can save us. All right, then we say, well, we need a land because my son's going to come. Jesus is going to come live on a land. So where would that land be? That land that the Messiah walked on was Israel. That was the land of Canaan before it got renamed Israel. So God has chosen the man, Abraham. He's choosing an area, which is Israel, and says, okay, you're the man, Abraham. This is the land, Israel. My son in 2,000 years is going to come through, through the seed here of Abraham. That's what we see going on. So what's happening when we see these terrorist attacks and we see these people groups, the Palestinians fighting against the Israelites, ultimately this goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. These two groups have constantly been fighting with each other. The Palestinians, a lot of them do not want the Jews there. The Jewish people, they want their homeland. They want to protect it from terrorists and, and wild things happening. And this is, as you know, if you follow the news your entire life, these skirmishes, uh, get, they flare up. A lot of times they go away after a few weeks. Or who knows? I mean, this time next week, we could be in World War III. We have no idea what the future holds. This could die out this week, or it could just erupt and escalate in lots of other countries, including the United States, getting involved in the Middle East, another war. But we need to see in our Bibles God's redemptive plan and what He's doing here. So you've got your Bible here, Genesis chapter 11, verse 27. These are the family records of Terah. Terah is the father of Abraham. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran fathered Lot. Lot's a key person. So Lot is Abraham's nephew. Haran died in his native land, in Ur of the Chaldeans. That's in Iraq. That's in southern Iraq today. During his father's, Terah's, life, uh, lifetime. So what happened was Lot's father died. So then Abraham raised, he's raising his nephew. That's what's going on here. Abram and Nahor took wives. Abram's wife was named Sarai, and Nahor's wife was named Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Sarah was unable to conceive, and she did not have a child. So God's going to do a miracle in Sarai and Abraham's life. Sarah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, that's Haran's son, who had, Haran had passed away, and his daughter-in-law Sarai and his son his son, Abram's wife, and they set out together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. So they're going to go from Iraq to Israel, but they're going to follow north the Euphrates River. That's what they're doing here. But when they came to Haran, that's in southern Turkey today, and back in when tourism was allowed in that area, this is a, very close to the Syrian border where this is at. But it's interesting, in Turkey current-day Turkey, two key people were called in, in Turkey right there. Uh, Paul the Apostle, he also is from Tarsus, which is in Turkey. And then Abraham was living in Turkey when God called him and appeared to him and told him he was going to be making a great nation. Terah lived there 
205 years and died in Haran. So remember, we have here in Haran, this area, they're traveling to Canaan, but they stopped halfway, and Abraham's dad dies. So all that's with Abraham now is his wife and his nephew Lot that he's raising because Lot's dad had died. And, and God's about to come to Abraham in Haran and call him to keep going south to the land of Canaan. Verse, verse 1, we're in Genesis chapter 12. So this is, this is what begins the call here on Abraham. And this is how God chose Abraham, just like He's chosen us and chooses everything for us. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now remember, God is speaking to Abraham. This is the first time he's come to him. Originally, uh, he was, his father Terah was going to travel. They were going to leave Ur of the Chaldeans and go to Canaan. That's the promised land, Canaan. Canaan and Israel are the same place. Canaan was the name of Israel before it became Israel. That's why the Canaanites lived there. And they did not worship the Lord. So God told Abram, He says, all these peoples on earth will actually be blessed through you. You're going to be a blessing. Now this had to be hard for Abraham and Sarah because they, they were old and they had no children. And they're thinking, we're, about to, we're planning our funeral and now we're about to be a great nation? God, this makes no sense whatsoever. But that all peoples on earth are going to be blessed because Jesus is coming through Abraham. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. That was wrong right there because he told him to leave Lot, but he brought Lot along, which ended up causing problems. That's when we had the Sodom and Gomorrah problems. Abraham was, Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Haran. So they're going south. These areas that we see on the news all the time, Syria, Lebanon, Abraham would have traveled right through those countries. They're headed south to Israel. So Abraham passed, or when he came to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land, the site of Shechem at the Oak of Morah. At the time, look at this, the Canaanites were in the land. So he shows up, he's, he's promised this land. You show up and go, well, there's people here. God told me this is my land. And there's all these settlements. There's these little towns and villages. Like, something's not right, Lord. I'm supposed to have this land. Said the Lord, and then it goes on to say in verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. And God first appears to Abraham there in Canaan, in the promised land. says, you see this land you're in? Your offspring, your people, this is going to be your land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel to the west and Ai on the east. Have you ever heard of Bethel Baptist Church? You ever you hear the word Bethel used? That's where this comes from. Because... 
he's pitching his tent. That means the first place Abraham settled in Israel was called Bethel. You can still, there's still Bethel in Israel today. They've renamed it, it has a, a different name, but it's still right there. This traditional name is called Bethel because that's a first settlement. So a lot of times when uh, someone moves into a community and you're planning a church, you either call it First Baptist Church or you call it Bethel Baptist Church. Usually those churches are usually old churches because Bethel was first that Abraham pitched his tent right there in the land of Canaan. He built an altar to the Lord there, and he called on the name of the Lord. So right there, he's, he's in Bethel the second time. First in Shechem, but he didn't pitch his tent. He just, God appeared to him. That means he didn't settle in Shechem. Then he kept traveling south. And he pitches a tent, means he makes a temporary home there in Bethel, and he's building an altar. He's calling upon God. Then Abraham journeyed by stages. That means he'd move a little while for a month or so, and he's, he's just he's looking at the land. He's going by stages. God's giving him all this land. He's just going by stages to the Negev. The Negev is southern Israel. That's the desert region. That's where the war is going on in Gaza right now. Abraham was there. That's the Negev. That's where all the terrorist attack occurred. The Negev. That's near Beersheba. That's the, a southern city there. In, in Israel, they were having bombing attacks and terrorist attacks just a week ago. So we see that is the call on Abraham. That is how this started. So God chose this man and he says, this is going to be your land. Abraham is just a nomadic traveler with his nephew and with his wife, Sarah. They have no children. They've got lots of animals and they've got slaves traveling with them and they're just wandering around in Israel, and God saying, this is your land, build an altar. Look at this place, your descendants, your offspring. Will, this will be their land. This is the land of, of, of Jews. This is the land of the Israelites. So what happens, in a little bit where I'm going to show you some scripture and why Israel lost their land because they broke their covenant with the Lord in the book of Exodus. We're going to, if you want to go ahead and turn there, we're going to turn to right before they received the law if you turn to Exodus chapter 19, the Ten Commandments were given in Exodus chapter 20, but there was a warning before they received the Ten Commandments. God then, uh, Abraham keeps journeying along. He eventually has Isaac. God appears to Isaac and gives him the same promise that you will receive the land. Then Isaac has a son named Jacob, who Jacob's actually the younger son. He stole his older son's blessing, Esau. And God wrestles with Jacob. Jacob was a wild man. He had a lot of challenges, but he also had 12 sons. And those are the 12 tribes of Israel today. You hear about that. And the fourth son was named Judah. What happened when the Israelites, when they came back out of exile about 2,000 years later after Jacob, they just took the name instead of being called by each tribe because of the destruction of Israel, they just took the name Jews. So that name Jews is a catch-all name for meaning all of Israelites. And that, that's when they returned. That's in the book of Nehemiah and Ezra. But God took Jacob. Jacob's, this, is, this is Abraham's grandson. He, re, he wrestled with the Lord. And God uh, touched his hip. And Jacob had a limp the rest of his life because he wrestled with God. And that word Israel means wrestling with God, meaning Israel is God's chosen people. Yet, they wrestled and they struggled. And the whole entire Old Testament is a book of disobedience and obedience. 
a book of honoring the Lord and dishonoring the Lord. You see prophets rise up and the people would repent, then they turn back to their wicked ways. That is up and down throughout the entire Old Testament. But the entire time, this young nation of Israel is wrestling with the Lord. God is ultimately going to bring His Son Jesus through them. That's, that's the redemptive seed, the plan that's going through all of Israel. It's all leading up to Jesus is where we're going with the story of Israel. So Israel, the, Jacob, the, the grandson of Abraham, he eventually, because of a famine, he has to go down to Egypt. And they're in Egypt in slavery. They find themselves by Pharaoh. They're down there 400 years because of the famine. And Joseph was the one during had seven good years and seven bad years. And they saved up. We very likely could be having seven bad years on the horizon here for our world if things spiral out of control. But that was what happened. So they had to go to Egypt to get grain. And what happened then is God raised up Moses to bring Israel. By this point, they have over a million people. Because when we talk about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, this is a small little family. When they went down to Egypt, they had 150 people with them. Like this isn't even a people group. This is God's just chosen these people. The Hebrews is what they were called. And they went down to, to Egypt. 400 years later, when Moses leads them through a Red Sea, there's over a million, a million and a half of them are headed to the promised land. Now They have to wander around the desert for 40 years. But that's where I want to show you how they broke their, their, their covenant. Look here in Exodus chapter 19. It's up on the screen. Moses is about to give. These are God's covenant people. These are the Israelites. And God has chosen them. He's led them to Mount Sinai. And he's saying, you are my people, and I'm going to make a covenant with you. But it's a conditional covenant. If you follow my commands, if you obey me. And look what it says here. This is Exodus chapter 19, verse 1. In the third month of the very day, the Israelites left the land of Egypt. So they left Egypt. They came to the Sinai wilderness. They traveled from Rephidim came to the Sinai wilderness and camped in the wilderness. Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Moses went up to the mountain to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain. This is what you must say to the house of Jacob. Jacob is Israel. The house of Jacob, when you hear that phrase, that's Israel, that's the people. And explain to the Israelites, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. The Egyptians all died in the Red Sea. And how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, now look at this. Verse 5 is the conditional covenant. He's about to receive the Ten Commandments. This is what the law is based upon. This is what Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is based upon. We live by the Ten Commandments. Now, if you will certainly, if you will carefully listen to me and keep my covenant, you will be my own possession. And out of all the peoples, Although the whole earth is mine, you will be my kingdom of priests in my holy nation. These are the words you must say to the Israelites. The word if is used. Now, if you will carefully listen to me and keep my covenant. They were about to receive the covenant of the Lord. That's what the Ten Commandments are. It says, 
my people is a holy nation. They are set apart from me. They're different from all of these other peoples. And they live for the Lord. And the word if is used. And the Israelites did not keep the covenant. They broke God's covenant. And that's what the entire book of First and Second Kings are about. Their disobedience. That's what we see in the book of Judges. That's what we see in the book of First and Second Chronicles, where there you have good kings, the people are in rebellion, they're worshiping idols, they're taking wives they shouldn't be marrying, and it's, uh, it's people who God's chosen people have broken the covenant. And today, Israel has broken God's covenant because they have rejected the Messiah. The, re- the purpose of Israel was ultimately they had... God needed a people, and God needed a land to send His Son Jesus. So He chose Abraham, He chose the land of Canaan. And that's where He said, my Messiah, my Son is going to be in this land. But then Jesus realizes when He shows up, after all of this in the New Testament, He realizes God's chosen people, this covenant that they had received from the Lord, they broke And I want to illustrate that. So this is the last scripture we look at. Turn over in your New Testament book. Jesus spoke about this. He shared with the people. It says, God has chosen you all, yet you you missed the visitation of the Lord. You missed the Messiah. And now the Gospel is going to go to the Gentiles. They will receive what you missed because they broke the covenant. So when we turn on our news... When you watch TV and you see, uh, you hear people talking about Israel as God's chosen people, yes, that is true. God chose Abraham. God called Abraham. God called Isaac and Jacob. He renamed Jacob Israel. Those are his people with the purpose of God's redemptive plan. But they have broken the covenant, they have rejected his Messiah. So we look at our Palestinian and our Israeli friends today, and both of them are are living in rebellion against the Lord. They have rejected Jesus as their Messiah. There is not a side door that Jews are going to get saved today. The only way for a Jewish person to get saved today is through Jesus. Now, in the Old Testament, the way Abraham was saved is God looked at him. Abraham, it says, God, um, Abraham believed God and God credited him as righteousness. So the Jews in the Old Testament were saved by their belief and their covenant keeping. But they broke the covenant. They didn't believe the Lord. They worshipped idols. And that's why God destroyed Solomon's temple. That's why eventually when they rebuilt the second temple, it was destroyed. God God says, you know, you're my people. I've, I've done everything for you, yet you do not worship. You do not obey me. Therefore, I'm going to send the Babylonians, I'm going to send the Amorites, and they're just going to come, the Syrians, and wipe all of you out. God would use the foreign peoples to discipline and destroy Israel for their covenant-breaking people. So our Israelite friends today, they're actually a covenant-breaking people. They have rejected Jesus as the Messiah. Yes, there are some Jews who do believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But most Jews you meet, the vast majority of the land of Israel, they, they do not believe Jesus was resurrected. They do not believe He is God's Son. And the Palestinians don't either. The Arab folks don't. They've rejected God's Son. So for us, we have to keep in mind when we see this stuff on TV, 
the main, these are two people groups that are fine, that have both rejected Christ. They need to be saved. Our role, role as Christians is to be praying. The Bible actually tells us in uh, Psalm 122, verse 6, that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It says, why is the Bible said? Jerusalem has always been a war. That is an eternal war zone. They even killed Jesus in Jerusalem. A lot of folks have died in, in Jerusalem. Death is, is all about Israel. There's a lot of graves. Many, many military clashes occur. And Jesus in the Bible tells us that we are to rem remembering the loss of life that occurs in the promised land. But it's because they broke God's covenant. Jesus spoke about this. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. This is the last scripture we're going to look at this morning. Matthew chapter 8, verses 10 through 13. What this story is about, there's this Roman centurion. So that means this is a Gentile. He's not Jewish. He was a military leader. And he had a servant who was very sick and about to die. And this man, this centurion, this uh, non-Israelite, this non-Jew centurion comes to Je sends message uh, or to Jesus, say, "Hey, my servant's about to die. Will you please come and heal my servant?" And Jesus is going to indicate that he's going to do that. But then the centurion says, "You know what, Jesus? You have authority. You just say the word, and I know my servant." who's not with me, but over there, my servant will be healed. And that's where Jesus is now about to speak about this man's faith. And what's happening is, what Jesus is doing, He's saying, Israel, who's God's chosen people, who Jesus Christ, the very purpose of choosing Abraham was actually to send Jesus, and now He's here, and He's performing miracles, and He's teaching people how to be saved, but God's chosen people rejected Him. Instead, they listened to the Pharisees and their false teaching. And Jesus is like, this is unbelievable. You have, your hearts are so hard. You have rejected the truth. Yet, this Roman centurion, who's not Jewish, who's a Gentile, who you all despise because Rome was over Israel and was governing over them, he has more faith and more belief in me than God's chosen people do. And I believe that's what the Lord is doing today. Us as Bible-believing Christians, we actually believe the Bible more than our Jewish friends do. Look what happens here. Verse 10. Last four verses we're going to read. Hearing this, Jesus was amazed and said to those following Him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such a great faith. He's speaking about this, this Gentile. I'll tell you that many will come from east and west to share the banquet with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But you know what he's talking about when he says many will come from the east and west? He's talking about us. He's talking about there's going to be people outside the land of Canaan and Israel who are going to come. There's going to be all these people, these Romans, these Gentiles, these descendants of Ham and Japheth. They're all going to come and they're going to experience the, the kingdom, this banquet, heaven. That's what he's saying here. But the sons, look at this, verse 12. 
But the sons of the kingdom. Do you know who the sons of the king are? That's the Jews. That's the Israelites. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. Darkness where there will be weeping. And actually, Jesus is saying, these people from faraway lands, they're going to actually believe in me, just like this Roman centurion did. But you, you Israelite men and women who claim your father is Abraham, you will actually be thrown into outer. He's talking about hell. He's saying, because you have rejected the Messiah, you will find yourself in hell. And this Roman centurion who has great faith, he will be the one in heaven. And that, that went completely against Jewish teaching back in Jesus' time. This was a radical statement. Because all the Jews are being told is the Romans are bad, they're going to hell, and the Jews are going to heaven. And Jesus come along saying, no. You sons of the kingdom, you sons of Abraham, you're the ones going to hell, and the man who had great faith and believed in me, who's from the far reaches of the earth, the east and the west, he's the one who's going to heaven. Then Jesus told the centurion, go, as you have believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was healed at that very moment. Jesus didn't need to go and heal the servant. He just said the word based on that man's faith and the servant was healed. And that is the type of belief that we need to have. When we turn on our news this week, and we see Israel, and we have to be careful, because you will be sucked into thinking, I'm going to choose sides with Israel over the Palestinians. But remember, Israel has rejected Jesus. These, are, these two people groups, even though, yes, Israel is God's chosen people, Jesus was a Jew, Jesus was an Israelite, the purpose of Abraham... The purpose of the nation of Israel in the actual land of Canaan that was chosen was for the Messiah to come and live. That is why they are blessed. God's Son of all the places on earth, He chose Israel, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Nazareth. Those were His home. Capernaum, where His home base was for His three-year ministry, right there along the Sea of Galilee, to, for His Son to come and live. So for us this morning, we look at this passage and we are reminded that our response, first and foremost, is we are to pray. We're to pray uh, for the peace of Jerusalem. These people need to be saved. They have rejected the Messiah, Jesus, and their most important thing is for them to turn to the Lord. And the other thing we need to remember is whether someone lives in Israel, Gaza, or America, all that matters is their relationship with Jesus. This is what this past week's revival was about. God certainly moved in our church. A lot of folks were saved. Lives were touched. But what's the purpose of revival? It's about pointing people to Jesus and realizing where do I stand in my relationship with the Lord. So our prayer this morning and this week should be God raise up peoples. Use the internet. Use whatever means possible to see the gospel advanced through this uh, just uncertainty in the world and destruction in the Middle East in war. And Lord, we pray that people will turn to You. And that's our prayer this morning. So I'm going to lead us in our prayer. We're going to pray, as the Bible tells us, for the peace of Jerusalem, but also we're about to have our invitation. If you didn't make a decision, Ronnie told me, he says, Dan, there was a lot of people who raised their hands and they didn't respond. If you didn't make your decision public this past week, maybe you, want, you got saved or you wanted to join our church, in our invitation this morning, you need to respond to the Lord. If this Roman centurion can have great faith in the Lord, 
so can you. God, I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. As Psalm 122, verse 6 tells us, Lord, we are to pray for our Jewish and our Palestinian friends to turn to you. Lord, we are just aghast when we see the news and see war and see the horrors of terrorism and what occurs. And Lord, we just pray through, through this that it will not escalate and the United States and other nations won't jump in and World War III won't occur. Lord, we just, um, as peoples, we turn and cry out and call out to you. Lord, I pray that it's an invitation. I'm sure there's many folks here who made decisions and for whatever reason we didn't make them public. And Lord, I pray we'll have the boldness and the courage to respond. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, we just give you this invitation. And thank you for this wonderful revival. And thank you for Ronnie Hill as he came and brought the powerful message. And we give you this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to close our worship service by singing hymn number 433, I Surrender All. I'll be standing down front. You make your decision public this morning. 433 in your songbook. <laughs>